0: paper of the conference, last paper of this session and also last paper of the conference uh, is uh, by Shushan Bharti ji about uh, sthapatya.
1: Uh, first of all, thanks to Indic Academy for organizing such a beautiful conference and to Lagrasar. I mean, I think uh, I was maybe the last one to send the paper to him or maybe something because uh, it took me a long time to decide the topic. So I will not take much time. I will proceed further. Uh, my topic is basically—it's uh, not uh, actually. I was uh, when I was doing my conservation in from my school of planning and architecture, I master's from SPA. At that point of time, uh, one of my faculty asked me this question that uh, because we uh, uh, she was uh, referring me to a manual by Sir John Marshall who happened to be the uh, director general of archaeological survey of india when lord curzon was the viceroy it was around 1900 early 1900s and she asked me that uh, do we have any such of man- uh, any sort of manuals in indian context i mean so i was like at that point a uh, point of time i was not able to answer her but uh, But slowly with the time, I tried and searched for a lot of things. And there were many, 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 many texts. But Agni Puran was something I mean, which uh, gave me uh, some sort of satisfying answers. But apart from that, there was a lot of architecture mean, in terms of the temple architecture, specifically in the uh, North Indian aspect, which was mentioned in Agni Purana, apart, along with the uh, iconographical aspect. So I will be throwing some of the light which is, uh, which is mentioned in the Agni Purana in, in the reference to temple architecture, uh, its planning, uh, choice of the place and uh, various other attributes related to temple architecture. So as everyone has talked about uh, in this conference about uh, various topics, what is uh, being, uh, you know, uh, is covered in Agni Puran. So I will not go into that. And I will be only focusing on the design and architecture part, which is mentioned in Agni Puran in a very elaborate manner. So uh, the significance of temple construction. So Agni Puran lays a very significant construction on a temples. It says that it's, it's a, it, if uh, one wishes, I mean, if just one wishes to construct a temple, I mean, leave about uh, actually constructing a one. If you just take a sankalpa building a temple along, the temple, uh, along with the reservoir, it destroys the sense of thousand birds. And, uh, and even they have said in Agni Puran that building a temple is equal to doing a pilgrimage. So now you can understand that why we see a lot of, uh, you know, uh, this correlation between the water bodies, the pilgrimage, the temple constructions in all these cities. So, and it is it is said that if out of misfortune, if he is not uh, able to, you know, uh, have that uh, capability of uh, building that temple with stones or maybe the precious stones, if he just uh, construct a temple with the, you know, even soil, then also he is entitled to have the swarga. I mean, as per the Agni Puran uh, thing. So there is a law. Lo- there is a long range of bibliography uh, which is mentioned uh, in the uh, the part of sthapate which is mentioned in Agni Puran, and it has been dictated by Lord Hayagriva to Agni Puran, and you can see these are very text like though tantra tantra Vajabh tantra tantra, Pala tantra nardiya tantra Shandily tantra ishwara tantra Though i am not been able to look through all of them but hardly i mean i have been able to go through i mean like 20% 30% of the text and uh, they gave a very general idea about the <clears throat> temple architecture i mean not uh, much in detail and it's more about you know some texts only talk about the dravid uh, temple architecture. Some only talk about the Nagar uh, architecture, and there are some who actually touches a bit of Kalinga uh, Nagar style too. So there is a mix of uh, things but the main whole idea is the temple architecture. In some way or another, has been uh, you know uh, addressed in all these <coughs> texts. So, the first part is the location of temple. So, according to the Agni Puran says that the deity, I mean, which is uh, there uh, in the Garbhagar should always face the city. And uh, and in your uh, right, you can see there is a plan of uh, uh, Shirangam, If you can see very well. Here, if you can see my cursor, it's uh, the two tributaries of river Kaveri. And you can see very well how the evolution of town has happened with the time i mean i'm not talking about the saptaprakars which are there around the 10, seven enclosure of the city but if you just see that how uh, you know this this uh, main stretch which goes till the kaveri where they they bring the water daily for the ranganath and you can see how the city has evolved with uh, with the uh, thing uh, with the time and and as everyone knows that the ranganath is facing south this is the su- southern direction on which the uh, sri rangam city has you know evolved It also says that uh, you have to uh, bring. uh, As I said earlier, that uh, uh, shrines, which are uh, the pilgrim places, which are adjacent to water bodies, are the most uh, auspicious places for the construction. So you can see how. I mean, you can uh, you can imagine that why so many temples are you know plunged up in cities like um, Kashi, Mathura or Pushkar, or maybe Pand- Pandapur, and many other places. And there are some specifications for some temples, like the Brahma temple should be in the center of the city, Indra should be in east, Agni Dev and Matrika, uh, Matrika uh, should be in the southwest, Bhutagada and Yama should be in south. Though I have never ever seen any independent temple of... Uh, of three, yes. Uh, I would like to tell about the Brahma Temple in Pushkar. Though when I was reading this test, I uh, got back to Google Earth and just Google up for the Brahma Temple. So this is not uh, in the center of the city. I mean, and but yes, if you see uh, the temple as a structure, so you you will find this all four deities located on the same uh, you know niche temple niche uh, on the same uh, direction, which is mentioned over here in the slide. Yes, uh, location of temple again. So it says that uh, you should have to worship as deity, and uh, and one should establish a deity so to his interest. So we will see. We have seen that in the times in various dynasties, if you see that uh, the kings used to, you know, when they used to. Uh, get into some sort of uh, sect or some sort of religion, they used to propagate the same sort of temple uh, construction activities during a time period. For example, if we see the Gupta time period, we will see a lot of uh, uh, suddenly, a uh, Vishnu temples coming up in the picture, and in Gojai Pratihara's, we have a long, you know, uh, uh, series of Shiva temples and uh, Vishnu temples coming up. For Hoysala dynasty, uh, the time uh, when Ramanuja Charya uh, before the Ramanuja Charya comes to Mandya uh, Mandya Desha, before that Hoysalas are only constructing the Jaina basadis, but as soon Ramanuja Charya comes to the Mandya Desha. Suddenly, we have uh, Vishnu temples coming up in the picture. So you can understand that why such things are happening. It's, it's a part of a psychology and also what the text is, uh, you know, saying uh, to them. And it is said that a temple should always be constructed at the intersection of city and the village. It should not be away from the habitation. And this is why the reason that why uh, we don't see any of the you know temples left in the northern part of the, ten- uh, in, of the country because they were in the center part of the city. And when, and when the foreign invasion and the Islamic invasion took place, they were the first to be, you know, uh, attacked and that's the reason, I mean, we don't have much temple step. And the most important part is the angle direction should not be allowed in a temple where the expenditure is very, very high. We should never ever build a temple on this spot. I mean, the temple which you can see on my picture is the Vrindavan Chandurade Mandir, which is coming by a on the uh, floodplains of river Yamuna. And a lot of NGT problem is coming to this temple. And I don't know whether they have read this particular sloka in Agni not. If they have read, they should have not done the uh, this, uh, they should have not been planned this uh, temple at this uh, spot. So there are various type of plans mentioned, like the Kayatan temple. So this is the most famous. Uh, Temple number seventeen in, in located in Sanchi uh, complex. It's a Gupta period temples and it is considered to be the, one of the earliest tangible evidence of a, a full fledged temple where you can see a garbhagraha with a flanked roof. And four columns, here you can also see. I mean, I am I am not uh, uh, shown the picture of elevation, but uh, if you, if can you, you Google and see the picture of this uh, temple, you will see that uh, there are some Greco-Roman uh, you know effect on the columns. But it is a full-fledged temple. Though we don't know it was a Hindu temple or a Buddhist temple because we have a lot of uh, you know uh, mixed uh, mix of culture in the Sanji. But it's considered to be one of the full-fledged. Uh, temple uh, in terms of archaeological and the historical uh, studies. So, Triyatan temples. So, this sort of temple, as I was telling you, that when Acharya came uh, to Mandiadesh, uh, when the atrocities were happening by the Chola kings in the Tamil, Tamil uh, region, Chola region. So, when he came here, then this Triyatan type, like tiratna type uh, temple typology came in the context of the Hoisada Hais- architecture. There's a the famous Channakeshwa temple where you can see uh, the, and there are various other temples which you will see in uh, the uh, if you study the Hoisada area and the area around Channakeshwa, Halebedu, Belur and other parts of the uh, Mandya, uh, Nadu. So, uh, the and temple. There's the famous uh, the, the Dashavatar temple at Dehogar which is uh, uh, where you, a lot of people I would have, see, uh, would have seen the famous uh, reclining Vishnu with the Five of his attributes fighting below him and on the Sheshnag, and there is a very famous uh, also panel of uh, Naranara and, and Gajakraha yuddha. So this is the temple located in Uttar Pradesh, and it is this site is considered to be one of the most important, uh, you know, uh, place where uh, you will see the most uh, intricate and most beautiful uh, pieces of specimens of uh, Gupta era architecture and uh, art. art. And this is one of the Panchayatan temples because it had some flanked roof. And these four actually flanked roofs also uh, happen to be uh, a temple in uh, its uh, existence. So, one, two, three, four. So, this is like, uh, and, it, and if you see the planning of this temple, it is also known as Sarvato Bhadra temple because it is equal from all the sides. So, this is the opening of the temple. And if, if anyone has visited the Devgar site, so just in front of this temple over here, you have a Vishnu. Uh, Dhaja, I mean, the Vishnu Dhaja or the Sambha is not there, but the base is still. I mean, is visible. I mean, you can just imagine that how the temple would have been. So, so one more thing I would like to add about Agni Puran. It mostly talks more about the Vaishnava aspect in temple art and architecture. As I went through, so if you in the course of my presentation, you will see that particular aspect that it is more revolving around the Vaishnava or the Vishnu uh, as a main deity uh, in terms of art and architecture and the planning. So this is uh, the very famous, uh, you know, the Kalashanath temple of Verul. It is Shadayatan temple. You can see uh, one, two, three, four, five, and the six. These are the six, uh, you know, the chamber, uh, the the main, this is the main center sanctorum, the Gerbgire, and the five, you know, attached center sanctorum along with the thing. So this is, this is one of the, I think this is the only existing example of Shadayatan temple I have seen. In India, I don't know about any other existed or maybe have destroyed with the time. And there are many more other temples mentioned, like uh, like twelve uh, house, uh, twelve chambers, even sixteen chambers. I don't know that whether these were uh, in the Bhava Pradesh imagined by the author of the Agni Puran because. Uh, my uh, idea of uh, doing this particular part from Agni Purad was to see that what the text is talking is actually existing on the ground or not. So this is the these are so I'm only sharing those parts which I have been able to find in terms of temple architecture and my own you know personal capacity. Then the design of a temple. It says that height of shikara should be twice the height of the wall, and it, it is very much near about that. I mean, you, if you see a temple, you will see that the height of shikara is twice the height of a wall, which is also known as the coast of the uh, the wall, uh, the coast of the temple uh, thing. And the one fourth height of the shikra should be the circum, circum- width. I mean, of the temple. So we have two types of temple uh, temple plans. One is sandar, one is nirandar. Sandhar in which the circumambulation part is included in the temple wall itself, this is a sandar plan. and one is Nirandha in which the circumambulation is not uh, path is not given inside a temple but it is outside the temple so we have both the examples uh, of temples available in this country so if you go to the area of Patadakkal, which is the main uh, you know the center of uh, a temple of the uh, uh, art and architecture by the Chalukyas, Padami Chalukyas, you will find a lot of Sandhar plants over there. So, and according to that, it also says the gate should be made in both lateral section of temples, like it should be more f- from this side and this side. I mean, it should be axial, I mean, north, south, west, everywhere it should be there. It, say, it also says, says that that there should be pillars of extension. I mean, the Samavandap should be there, I mean, in the front of the temple. And it says that the measurement of the Garbhagraha should be same like Sabha Mandap and Jagamohana though this is somewhat nearby to what the Agni Purana is saying but you will not find the same thing, I mean, in the later uh, series, if you see the evolution of temple architecture, in early temples, you might see this, uh, this particular line uh, to be uh, implemented in the temple architecture and design. But further, if, uh, from the when you see the temples from 10th century onwards, from Gojar Pratihara and uh, other dynasties, you will not find this uh, thing, I mean, to be there. I mean, they evolve with the time. So we have uh, been very liberal, with uh, what the text have been saying, so we have just so there have been cases, where we have picked some points and we have proceeded with what I mean the site and the 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 the, 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 the context has uh, is saying to you know to have uh, that in place at that point of time. So it's and now I'm coming to the elevation part. I mean it say it says that uh uh from like it, this particular shikhar is actually uh is known as. Bhumija Shekhar in terms of temple Nagar, uh, temple architecture. And it says that if you drop a yarn di- uh, diagonally uh, on the top of Shukhanasa to the uh, Shikhar, you will have the Shikhar. you will have to pla- you, sh- you should have placed an idol of lion over there. So, this is the only existing example in terms of Nagar architecture, what I have been uh, you know, what I have discovered. Because this is one of the earliest uh, uh, you know uh, the uh, specimen of Bhumija, uh, shali uh, Nagar shali and in next slide, I will show you the how the Bhumija architecture is worked well. and and there you will find this lion is, has disappeared so this particular temple actually dates back to 10th, tenth eleventh century during the and it was built uh, during the chahan uh, dynasty it is located in Menal, which is nearby uh, the Bhilwara the sun part and it also says that uh, that above Shukanasha Obviously, a kalasha and amalaka should uh, should be placed, which is still evident, uh, which is which was still evident with the time. If you go uh, in the 14th, 15, in the 10 to 12th uh, century, in the temple architecture. And it also says that the it should not be made huge. So for me, so b- behind this, the idea is that if you make that huge, there's an idea of. Uh, you know, that the kalesh might get collapsed with the wind movement. So, it, it has kept very, you know, I mean, it has to be kept apt and appropriate according to the scale and the proportion of the temple. So, this is uh, one of the, you know, uh, you know elaborate and one of the most uh, most beautiful example of Bhomija temple architecture, which was built uh, during the Pramara period. It is located in Madhya Pradesh, which is known as Udayeshwara Temple. And here you can see the evolution of bhumi's architecture and suddenly Shukhanasika is there, but the lion has disappeared. Maybe, I mean, as far as I've seen the archaeological reports, we don't find a specimen of, uh, you know, that um, that lion has been, you know, uh got uh, weathered away with the time so it, it's only say that there is nothing the over here but a shukunasika is still present i mean and you can see how the elaborate temple is and this temple is still functional in uh, Madhya Pradesh and it is also located in the center of this uh, of the village of Udeshwara in which is near which is north to Bhopal actually so again you can see that same lion coming in the Kalinga architecture. Here the Shukanasika has disappeared as it has recessed inside the temple but you can see that the lion and which is which is approximately at the half of the, you know, the Shikhara, it is located. And here, you, uh, the more important part is the loins actually come all around the Kalinga Nagar architecture. Because if you see the history, lions have been a very important uh, part of the Kalinga uh, 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 culture and the art. So that's how, I mean, you can see, but still this particular part, which has been mentioned in agnipura and is still, uh, you know, present over there in the Kalinga Nagar architecture. This is the famous Lingaraj Temple of Bhuvaneshwar. And, and then about the gates, I mean, the Dwarathoran, it says that it should be very beautiful with two branches of coming along and uh, with the various uh, Mangal uh, objects to be placed over there. It talks about the four Dwarapalas and, and Viksukshena, Vatsadanda, should be considered on the gate. And it says that Sri Vigraha of Lakshmi should be mentioned in the center part of the, uh, you know, the Dwarathoran. Though I have never, ever seen Sri uh, Lakshmi to be centered uh, on the Toran, uh, In Vishnu temples, you will see the Garuda to be placed with the flanked wings and he carries the mukuta of Vishnu on his head, denoting that he is there in the service. And, uh, but I have never ever seen Lakshmi over there. This particular image which I am sharing is actually from the famous Sachi Stupa. But what the description is giving in Agni Puran that it shows that uh, it should be seated on the lotus with the two giant elephants uh, showing her bathing. So as we know that Sanchi Stupa has both the, uh, it was built uh, during the course of time. The original structure was built by during the Mauryan time period with the, uh, by Ashok. But, but we also uh, know with the archaeological studies, historical studies, Shungas also incorporated a lot of uh, things in the Sanchi Stupa. So my theory is that maybe this particular uh, panel, which is there in one of the gateways, Sanchi, May have come in during the time period of Shunga dynasty because we see a lot of Brahminical activities started during that point of time. And uh, and I have never ever seen uh, this particular panel in any of the Dwar I mean, till now, if, if any of the participants could tell me, I mean, I'd be very, very grateful to, to them. And and then now it's iconography. It says it's very, very important. I mean, it says that even uh, more than building a temple, it's, it, uh, Agni Pran lays more virtue, I mean, one who builds the idol of the deity. It says that it should be uh, of uh, the wood statue, is the best. I mean, it says so. Maybe it is the maybe that's why we see we don't find a lot of uh, temples to be empty. Maybe they would have been housed with a wooden deity which have weathered with the time. And the only existing example of the wooden deity, which is very famous, is the Lord Jagannath. And he's also, you know, uh, the deity is changed when, when the with the this uh, activity of Navakalewar after every time when we have the Adhikmas in Ashar, So maybe this can be one of the possibilities of why we don't find a lot of wooden, uh, uh, a lot of temple to be empty without any signs of, uh, you know, uh, destruction uh, in the, especially in the North and the West Indian uh, context. And then, uh, then it also puts a lot of light on the construction of an ideal. I mean, it says that the larger the statue, the bigger the bigger the beautiful will be the pindi that it should, the larger will be the statue. Ready should be the five hands uh, height of the five hands. Then the pedestal should be one hand. And it says that half the value of pindi. I mean the uh, the the stone block. Uh, I mean it should be with the value of garbagri itself. I mean it should not be somewhat away. I mean on a different scale of what and how the garbagri has been. I mean constructed. And the height of idol should be kept according to the length of wall. I mean, it's very, you know, logical. I mean, you cannot go without the proportion of the temples and you can uh, you can build an te- uh, idol, I mean, which cannot be housed inside, the you know, the Garbhagraha. Then it talks about a lot of the location of the Vigras around the niches of the temples. Uh, I mean, around along the temple walls. So this particular thing I have seen in a lot of Vishnu temples, specifically in the... Uh, Kalingan aspect. I mean, this particular thing you will see very well in if you visit Jagannath Temple. So, uh, I mean, uh, yes, uh, I have seen Haggirvara, Vasudev, Vara, Parashuram, Narasimha. I don't know about Shiva, but uh, and Ram, but Vaman. Yes, mm-hmm. all these trees I have seen and uh, in the around the temple niche of the Jagannath Temple. Mm-hmm. So, we can also uh, uh, I mean, uh, what I have uh, during my course when I was studying, I saw that a lot of uh, things which Agni Purana actually says uh, has uh you know it is still existing around 60 70 70- percent part of the Agni Puran is still existing in the Kaling aspect, in the Odisha aspect. So maybe we can, uh, you know, we can assume that maybe uh, a lot of uh, the, uh, the part which has been mentioned in the Agni Puran would have been uh, written over there, maybe would have traveled very well with the time over there, with the invasions or ev- anything uh, happening or in the northern part of the country. Uh, the most important part, the conservation of temple. So it lays a very very importance on the conservation of restoration and reconstruction of temple. It says the person who renovates the temple which has fallen, which is falling, or which has fallen half, receives a double fortune instead of building a new temple. And the man who rebuilds the fallen temple, protects the fallen temple. He re- he receives the highest virtue. So, I mean, uh, though we are uh, building a lot of new temples in the country, I mean, the Ramajanam Bhoomi construction is happening, that has to be happened. But uh, apart from that, a lot of, uh, you know, the temples are uh, lying in a dilapidated condition. And as uh, I am right now seeing that Jaggi so they is starting a new movement to take the temples of uh, Tamil Nadu, it's very good. But we have another, we have a lot of uh, such bodies already doing such works like the uh, Manjunatha that uh, this, um, uh, in uh, a lot of temples, the Manjunatha Temple uh, Trust is also doing the jainad on the temples. Though they are very selective in uh, doing the temples, they only do the janabastis. hardly take the An- temples An- oh, still. Yes, sir.
0: An- uh, yes, sir. It's uh, about to complete, sir. Two, three slides, uh, sir. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: so actually, I, I, it is very difficult to stop at this point because it's a, such a great paper, such a great contribution. We are so lucky to have you all for this conference. But, uh, no time. time is... Yes, sir. Two, three minutes sir, more, sir. Yeah.
1: I'm just ending. I, I think Thank it's the second last slide, sir. Yes, sir. So this is the very famous news you would have seen in current days that a uh, uh, Chene- uh, famous Vishnu idol was found uh, uh, nearby the riverbed. So why nearby a riverbed or water body you will find every time an idol? Because Agni Puran says that when an idol it gets, you know, when, when it gets limbless or old, you are not supposed to renovate that same idol. What you have to do, you have to carry that idol on a procession with uh, musical instruments and you have to bury that particular idol either nearby a water body or should, uh, you know, put inside a water body. So with the time if any of the archaeological activities I mean, if more archaeological activities happen in the country nearby water bodies of temple tank, you will find more idols uh, like this, I mean, to be you know, excavated over there. So now it's conclusion, I mean the, the only conclusion is that yes what I have been able to do I mean, it's a very small part uh, we have to look into more correlations of the Agni Puran with the various other texts, and we have to see that how uh, more uh, you know cross connections are there in Agni Puran in various regional uh, you know. Dimensions and various, uh, maybe there will be uh, there will be some other regional texts which would have been inspired from Agni Puran and which has been which have would have been incorporated in the regional architecture. So the thing is that we might, I mean, we might have to move a much uh, step further from this to study all those texts so that the uh, the people, the students who are in the architecture studying in India should uh, know more about what uh, actually we possess and they should not face the same uh, situation. What actually I faced during my Masters, when my my faculty asked that, do we have anything in the Indian context? So, thank you, sir.
0: Thank you very much. Actually, that was a really, really uh, nutritious paper. Uh, it was uh, providing uh, yours is not just Agni Purana research based on Agni Purana. Uh, you have researched the actual structures where. Agnipurana Spapathya is actually seen. So that is really uh, very, very helpful for any uh, researcher in this area. And uh, actually, let me, in conclusion of the whole conference, let me tell you that uh, all the papers in this conference, almost all of them, except one or two, have been very, very well written, well researched well-substantiated, well-presented, uh, well-in-time, uh, well-disciplined, uh, well-organized uh, papers. This has been one of the richest conferences I have seen, I should say. And uh, there were conferences when we had to tell the uh, paper, presenters, uh, uh, paper presenters that uh, they should know how to present papers, how not to beat around the bush, give unnecessary long introductions and all that. Uh, But this time, every paper was as if it was uh, very well planned. And uh, thank you very much. Thanks to all the uh, paper presenters of uh, yesterday and today. Let me uh, thank uh, Shri Vivek Dev Roy great economist and economics advisor to the prime minister and a great scholar of our traditions particularly Puranas. everyone who heard him yesterday uh, acknowledges that they were enriched by his uh, extraordinarily uh, eloquent and tight talk Uh, as a keynote address for this conference i thank him And I thank all the paper presenters of yesterday and today. And uh, I thank uh, all the uh, registrants, all the participants who made this program such a grand success, uh, who are ready to take the message from this conference wide and uh, long. And uh, I particularly thank uh, our Indic academies. executive uh, officers, uh, Srinivasji and Srinivasji, uh, who have been uh, the force behind the success of this conference. I think all the panelists would agree uh, from their experience that it is but for them uh, and their hard work behind organizing this conference, the conference would not have been such a great success. And I thank our founder uh, Sri Harikiran Garu for being an encouragement behind all these conferences and the source of inspiration. Let me share with you that these ideas come from him. Uh, He is the innovator. He is the idea giver. He is the executioner and he is the source of every kind of uh, uh, success of these conferences. Let me thank him and uh, I thank all the Indic Academy family members, and uh, I uh, thank all the uh, social media organizers and uh, those influencers who have carried the message of this conference far and wide. And thank you all.